Welcome everyone. We're at uh, we're here at uh, my place at Guymere, and I've got my co-host here, Danny Tool, and uh, it's Running Matters episode five, and we've got a special guest here, Jared Van de Venter. Beautiful. Jared, thanks very much for um, coming down here this afternoon and joining us for a couple of beers and a chat. I've um, I wanted to start the conversation by asking, we, we know you as Zulu, and uh, I, I met you down the track uh, when, when we used to go down there and do Lloydie's session on Thursday nights, and that may be, time gets away, but it may be 15 years ago, no, no exaggeration, and that's the same time I met Dan, Danny as well, um, but I just know you as Zulu, um, so can you tell us uh, how you got that nickname Zulu? Thank you very much, Matty, and thanks uh, thanks for hosting us with these uh, wonderful beers. Um, yeah, that, that was 15 years ago. We were trying. We were a lot uh, younger, had more hair. We were fitter back then. Uh, Zulu. That's basically just to put it kind of put it in context. So we immigrated from uh, from South Africa to Australia at approximately I think it's going about 16 years ago so that was at the start um, of our kind of journey in Australia when we uh, when we met Lloydie um, the the nickname came around about that time when uh, when we were we were at the time we were renting a, a place in Helensburg and drove past Garawara uh, being new to Australia and then saw a whole bunch of runners along the side of the road kind of having picnic and then they just finished a run so we stopped and it turned out to be the bushies so uh, so we uh, we met the bushies and and they said we run on every Saturday and, and we started running with them and the first day we met uh, we met Billy uh, which is a bit of a shock and, and Billy then also pointed <laughs> pointed out that I'm incredibly overweight uh, which you know at that point uh, yeah, it was it was probably true. Um, Full 75 kilos. That, that's it. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. He was. So so he uh, so so he said, where, you know, where are you from? And we said South Africa. So so I got the nickname Zulu, and that that kind of just stuck uh, stuck from there. So pretty much on the spot, he gave you the nickname Zulu. He he did just right there. Yeah. That's uh that's that's not surprising at all. Um, Mate, we need to we need to start from the beginning, and and that's why you're here. Everyone everyone wants to know your story, and I think amongst our our running mates, uh, we know you're a, a legend runner, but but no one knows your your story. Tell us um tell us where it began. Where where did you grow up, and how did you get into running? So um, yeah, I don't quite know about legend, but yeah. So I started I started running as as all kids. Uh, so obviously grew up in South Africa. Um, in a, I uh, was in a uh, city called Port Elizabeth down south, and then went to Pretoria. I went to a, a high school that was very well known for for running. Uh, but in the first couple of years, I played rugby union. I was really, really massively into that. Um, I have an older brother who uh, is three years older than me. Was really big into his running, and 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 uh, at the point where he was kind of finishing off high school was when my interest in running started. And I had a, a coach who was also the principal of the school. You know, he said, when I, when I got to about year nine, he said, look, you know, running, you got to decide, are you going to just jog around and, and play some footy on the side, or are you going to take it serious and do like a winter of cross country instead of playing footy? So I decided I'll, I'm going to run. My brother had some success. He 
had in his final year of school, he went to the national championships and he and he won the national championships in steeplechase. So he was a pretty talented runner. Um, I think he ran at that point. He ran. He broke nine minutes um, for three thousand meter steeplechase, which is pretty good for a for a school for a school kid. So he was he was, he was very talented. Um, I, I then picked up running, um, I, and, and as kind of all kids at school, you don't quite know really what, what your distance is that you enjoy running. So I did everything from 800, you know, 1500, 3K, um, did a bit of steeplechase as well, did some cross country, and, and didn't really take it that serious, but, but quite enjoyed it. And then when I was in my uh, year 11 at school, um, you know, I started to to train a bit more we had we had because the school was really serious in terms of the the running we had uh you know we, we basically it was most of the days we trained twice a day which was quite intense for for you know high school running so my running really took off and i and i got i went to state championships in uh in 1984 which kind of now really dates me 1984 um, for the steeplechase and then made the state team to go to nationals and then I think I got eighth, seventh or eighth at nationals um, and it was only until my final year at school in which I really found that I actually have a little bit of talent for running shorter distances so I, I specialized in the 400 and 800 meters and it and the kind of big breakthrough I had was, uh, so I went to state, I won the state championships at, at my final year and 800 meters which was my first year of running 800 meters and then I went and the uh, I broke the South African schools record in the 800 meters. It was a 152. Um, so that that was you know back in the 80s it was it was a pretty decent time. Um, I won the, the nationals that year as well. And then and, and it was you know we had about a, a week or two of school left, high school left, and I got a call from a coach in the U.S. saying that they've kind of looked at the at the times that I've run and in my 800 like I said my my best that year was at the nationals was a 152 my 400 was a 48 so it wasn't too bad um and then he said he said okay well you know I was 18 years old so so they offered me a scholarship it was a bit it was the days before internet so it was a you know quite a lot of late night phone calls and a few letters so so i got a scholarship to uh to go to houston baptist university um and uh so so i left there in 1986 went to university uh, in the u.s so yeah that, that that was kind of the start of my running career well did you um did you just pack up and head over on your own yeah that, that was it was i mean it was it was kind of scary because you know, being you got you got to remember this was in the mid 1980s, right? We were in apartheid South Africa. There was there was no you you know everything was was basically government controlled in terms of anything you see on TV. So we we, we had we had virtually nothing to you know I had no idea what things were like in the US. So as an 18 year old, we just packed my bags, got a one way ticket and just went off to the US. So it, it was pretty scary, uh, you know, considering that, uh, that, that, that I was basically there to perform, to run and, and run hard. And when I got to the US, it, it, was, it was very interesting. We were 12, we were 12, it was a very small university and we were a very small track program, track and cross country. So we were 12 runners. And all 12 of us ran middle distance, so anything from 800 to 5K on the track. 
and I was the youngest of all the runners there. Um, they were all from Europe, and they were all pretty much focused around building a very strong 4 by 800 meter team. And the year before I came there, the year before I went to the university, um, the 4 by 800 team of the university um, broke the American University or NCAA record in the 4 by 800 meter. So they basically built everything around this 800 meter, 4 by 800 meter team. So I basically walked into a team with some really shit hot 800 meter runners. And my 152 was the slowest on the team. Wow. Um, there was a guy there that had got uh, made the finals of the European Indoor Championship, Senior Indoor Championship. So there were some really, really talented runners. Most of them were from uh, from Sweden. There were a few of them from Sweden, from uh, from Spain, Germany. I had a roommate that was German. So it, it was pretty scary, you know, walking into that as an 18-year-old, uh, you know, from South Africa, not really knowing much, um, but 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 just having an incredible passion for running. I mean, running was everything back then, right? Um, at, at 18 years old, and you don't know much about anything in life but running. So yeah, it was it was scary, but it was exciting. It was great. Absolutely. That's um, that was right in the middle of the running boom, sort of. Uh you know your Jim Fix sort of era. That, that was mate, and and the interesting thing, I mean, we've we've spoken to a number of people about the kind of the phases that running goes through, and it's interesting how we now see a lot of the kind of principles of the 80s that we applied in the 80s are now making a comeback. Yeah. And one one example of that is the big mileage. Yeah. You now see a lot of the because remember, you know, we went through the phase where triathlon was very very popular or, or started taking off kind of in the 90s and the early 2000s and it became cross training became very popular and look i'm a big fan of cross training especially at at my age i'd say our age but i'm much older um and 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 so cross training became very popular and triathlon was very popular and 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 the consequence was we were all told that look you've got to cut your mileage you've got to just do quality sessions and 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 the big mileage disappeared and then what happened was that the 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 death of the field disappeared we, we you know i can say there's one of the areas i'm very kind of passionate about is the fact that you look at the top performances are still there but the level just below the elites are now gone, right? So, so if you if you take for example a city to surf, right? If you if you'd run a, you know, you can take any time that is below an elite time in the city to surf, and you look at the that what time what position that time would have given you in the 1980s. So let's just pick a time. Let's say 55 minutes, right? It's a decent city to surf yeah. time. Now, I, I I can't quote a specific number, but you know we can offline you can go and have a look at. And the listeners can do that. Have a look at what 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 position a 55th, 55 minutes would have given you like in the 80s, and what position they'll give pretty you large, now. Yeah, exactly. And and so so now, and one of the things to get back to the point is is the big mileage, right? There was a big thing in the 70s and 80s, which just doing these monster miles. Which fair enough. I mean, it does could very often lead to injuries but on the other hand i mean the college system you've got to remember is all about the numbers they get runners in if you get injured you just get pushed off and there's you know 100 other runners that can take your place so you can afford to do big miles you've answered a really big question for us and and you might want to elaborate a little bit more on us but you know, we often say like, why why were and and you know you've you've, you've explained it 
really because you know we've got so much more technology now we've got these great running shoes we've we've got you know watches that are telling us our elevation our average pace our heart rate so we've got the technology to improve our running but the the reality is 30 years ago we had a lot more average better runners we had a lot more depth we had you know we had a lot more people running better marathon times better 10k times better half marathon times and and you've answered that question and and basically you put that down to people were doing more miles back then more 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 was better well look there's you know i think i think what you know, we probably need to crack open about six beers to get to the bottom of this because I think there's a lot of reasons potentially, and and, and it's all speculation, right? We we don't really know. When you go to, interesting enough, every every year when we go down to Lady Carrington to do the Southern Half, they put up the old times, you know, the top ten. I mean, guys there were running consistently. If you didn't break 70 minutes, you wouldn't get, you know, top ten. I mean, it was it was just ridiculous what they ran back then. Um, and, and look, I, I mean, I've heard so many theories. I've heard, obviously, you know, I mentioned triathlon. Triathlon did take away a lot of the guys that, you know, a lot of guys at, at my time, I remember when triathlon came in and I was still running decent times in the 90s. A lot of my mates, and, you know, I've got a, a good mate of mine in South Africa. Who was a, he was a two, I think it was about a 238 marathon runner who basically said, look, I'm, I'm not going to be an elite marathon runner, but I can be an elite triathlete, mm. right? If I can just uh, kind of string together a decent bike ride and a, and a swim with that. So triathlon certainly did take away some of the kind of, because you, you really, you, you're not talking about the top runners in the country. They're still there, right? I mean, you, the times at the top still improve. It's the times below, the, the, almost like it's the death. And, and also, the numbers are there, right? I mean, City to Surf every year, Southern to Surf, it just gets bigger and bigger numbers. So the volume is there. The top performers are still there, but it's the volume just below that. You're right. It's the maybe the 220, 230, 240 marathoners. That's, they, and, and so, so let me, I mean, look, so, so a, lot, a lot of it can... A lot of it certainly has to do with, I, I think, triathlon. And I mean, then you can go into things like, well, you know, diet was different and this was different and relying on technology. I, I, I do think that a lot of it has got to do also with, and I really don't want to sound like, like a, you know, one of those old school, you know, in my day we did this and, you know, this was just, we, we trained so much harder. But, you know, I my coach had, at university in the US had he had this saying and 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 I and I think it's still very relevant to training he said when when you when you run if you if you do a heart session on the track Danny might might have heard this when you do a heart session on the track there's got to be three fluids leaving your body then you know your session has been good right so so you can you can pick any three fluids so that, so obviously you're going to sweat right so there's one um I mean, there's many others to pick from, right? That you can cry, yep. uh, you can spit. That's probably an easy one. Wow. But you can also shit your pants, and and you can pee, right? And there can be some blood. So there's there's a lot of things. And and he was he was at the end. He would go around and literally say, "What was your three fluids, <laughs> right?" And and, and 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 so, you know, it, it it could very well be that people just don't want to train that hard anymore. They're just not willing to go. Oh, you know, it's, it's. We, we're told you train within your heart rate zone, and you got to do this. And yeah, you, you know, it's just. How, how many guys do you see on the track, 
if you go down on a Thursday night to, you know, Sylvania or any of the track, how many guys do you see out there hunched over and puking? You don't see that. No, you don't see it anymore, right? So, I mean, I mean, you know, mine is usually just from drinking a lot, but, but, but you, you don't see that that often anymore. So, and, and those are not the elite runners. Those are the guys that are coming in and maybe a 35, 10K, you know, that's, that's really, really good running, but not good club runner. Those are the guys that you expect to see next to the the track twice a week puking. Righto, Matty? That's it. Isn't that? When you talk about that, I guess we've we've had a lot of conversations about the mileage. you know, and, and back in the day, I know when Dad was running marathons, he was probably doing, you know, a lot more mileage than what some of the guys do now. And he he only got close to three hours. He never actually broke it. And three hours back then was, you know, a slowish marathon maybe. Yeah. I don't know. People oh, yeah. talking to some of the bushies, there's plenty of them who've done 230s. Um, down yeah. the track, there's old guys who've done 230. And, you know, they're, they're old guys now, but they're still around and... And you know, no one would really know that they were that that sort of mm. good, and they didn't even consider themselves good. They were just sort of mid-packers back in the day. Maybe because there wasn't so many runners. Maybe that you know, if you were a runner and you actually trained hard, and you had the guys to train with, um, you you were pushing that much harder, yeah. doing that much more mileage. Yeah. Do you think there's a, a toll from doing that mileage? Uh, from personally, mate, I, I mean, if, if pe- people that know me would know that there's a toll because I've got a permanent limp. Um, I've got uh, arthritis in my right knee. My um, I did an MRI a couple of years back, and the MRI, I mean, it looks really, really bad. So the meniscus is gone. The you know the the kind of Teflon layer on the top of my bone is is completely worn out um i've got holes in my patella but uh it's it's you know it it just doesn't mean i can't run but yeah so there is a toll i mean i've been running for i've been running and and we we did big miles i mean getting back to to when i was in the u.s it it was a bit of a a shock for me um ramping up the miles as an 800 runner to to doing about you know, about a hundred k's a week, wow. of which a lot of it was track work. So it's it's a lot to do if you're going to do track work, yeah. included. Um, the the hundred to I think I think the most we hit in cross country season was maybe like 120 or something Miles. like that. No k's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, k's. Yeah. So it's still it's it's a lot for if you're going to do tr- for a track runner. Yeah, and and so like the longest the longest k's you were running was was five k. Um, well, at that point, I mean, it's interesting. So I ran, I ran. Okay, so Compete, you know, competing. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, so my first year, I was in the US for a couple of years. The, our, our I mean, you know, the, the track, our track program got cut because our coach, coach got caught for NCAA violations, and the program got cut. And anyway, that's the end of that kind of US story. But while I was in the US, I had, had some, I had some pretty decent success. Um, uh, a couple of PBs during that time. My 800, I brought down to a 149, wow. uh, which I was really happy with. Um, I mean, it, the interesting thing, the the US was such an amazing experience. So, so one thing when I when I arrived, I arrived at the tail end 
of we we kind of well it's thailand we we went into cross country it was a, a cross country was was very unique because you know i was used to running these these kind of you know similar to what we'll have in the bush here as a cross country so you talk about i ran for a number of years at, at Sado at the club here and and the cross country here would be similar to what i'd be used to in south africa well and it'd be a 10k cross country and then seniors you go into 12ks in the u.s at college it was six and eight k's and it was all on these golf courses you know beautiful they used to get beautiful you know yeah, rolling cool. lawn and that so it was really really fast running um so you'd, you'd come around and maybe uh you know like a six k's you you do a you know about a 20 minute 6k or something like that so it'd be it'd be pretty decent running um and then, uh, and then we went into um, we went into an indoor season, and and I've never in my life been on an indoor track, and and also being very naive, I didn't really ask a lot of questions. And the first day, you know, I knew we were going to run indoor, and it was an indoor season. And the first day, we went down to uh, so it was obviously as I said in in Houston and Texas, and our conference was included a couple of uh, universities in Louisiana and Arkansas and and uh, and uh, up until Florida and we went to uh, went to Louisiana State University and I, and I remember stepping in the first time in my life stepping on an indoor track and just going what the fuck is this it, it was it was just crazy it was a very oh, oh yeah it was it was it was everything was banked it was like a you know like a velodrome yeah, right. and and their track was a, a it was it was boards so so you 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 know you hard but you you know you'd hear this pounding and it's very very loud and it was also only four lanes and uh, and and it was a uh, 200 meter track so so the my my first outing there was I, I i think i ran like a 205 800 or something it was just ridiculously slow um you know came like dead last because it was just i just didn't know what was happening like i've never seen an indoor we didn't you know down in houston it was hot we didn't have indoor tracks there so we didn't train on them so that was that was kind of bizarre so i had a i had a really horrible indoor season i just couldn't you know couldn't fathom that but like i said outdoors managed to do that so you mentioned 5k so so it was interesting i did i i never could quite fathom running anything more than a 1500 i ran um I ran a 1500 uh, only once when I was there my first year, the freshman year at uni, and I think I ran a, a high 340-ish, like a 348 maybe run about there, uh, but it was in the like high 340 range. And then I ran a, a 5K, so it was the last race of the season. It was in Pasadena in Texas, and I ran a 5K, and it was an evening race, and. Um, and I didn't quite realize because I had no reference as to what a decent 5K time would be. And it was end of season. Our season was over. You know, it was nothing to run for. And uh, and, and being 1500 was my furthest that I've ever run in a race. So I ran a 5K. And it was only afterwards that I kind of realized I ran a 1452. <laughs> and then I didn't really. Re I mean, look, and it's not it's not massively quick. But you look back at it now and go, oh, that was pretty quick. It's not too bad. So was that for a for 800, 400, 800 runner? It was, yeah. and it was. And that was, was that an outdoor track. Yeah, it was outdoor. It was outdoor, and and it was really the first race that I really ever felt. Because 800 was was always my favorite. I just you know love the 800. Still love watching the 800. You know, guy like David Rudisha. You know, it's just something magic about an 800. But. Yeah. You, you push yourself so hard and you go into your oxygen 
um, you know, you, you run out of oxygen so quick in that race, but it, it's basically, you know, you got less than two minutes to hold out, and it's that's fine. It's a sprint. Yeah. It does. It, it is a sprint, and, you know, any, anybody can really just hold out for that amount of time. But but the, the 5K, that first 5K ever that I ran, I... I, it was the first time I ever thought I was literally going to die. <laughs> I, I thought was, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And then I, I remember thinking, but I'm too young to <laughs> die. I'm in good shape. I can't be dying. Um, but but it was uh, so you know it, it was it was not a bad time at all. Did did you go on to run better times for your five k? No, mate. That was it. That was that was because I never I never specialised in hang that. Your, hang your head on that one. What? I can yeah yeah. Look, I did I did run in the fifteen again um, back in South Africa, but I, I think it was just you know barely just breaking fifteen. But yeah, so fourteen fifty two was my was my PB first what you, first and what only. What were you racing at? My, my racing weights, so I'm, I'm a meter 90, uh, 1.90, which is about 6.3, run about there. Um, and I was, uh, back then, I was 76 kilos. Yeah, right. Well. So, which is not light, but, you know. <laughs> Don't, are you going to ask me what I weigh now? No, that's fine. So talking about PBs, look, we know that your 800 was was your specialty, and and you you blowing everyone out of the water with that time, and also, well, you, your 5k as well, unbelievable. So just just to let people know what what other areas or, or what other times you ran for 10k, half marathon, and marathon, and I know Danny's got a question with the comrades as well, which is 60 something k's. 90. 90. 90. There you go. That's way off. So uh, can I hand it over to you and, yeah. and and you can tell us about your other PBs? Uh, yeah. No. So yeah, yeah. I I, I certainly I certainly had wished that the comrades would finish at 60Ks uh, every time I did that. Um, so, so yeah, so I came back uh, after a couple of years in the U.S. Um, the, I, I ran, I ran at, at that point, I mean, I did, I, I kept on running 800s. Um, you know, m- most, of, most of the races then were, I'd, I'd, I'd quite a lot of success at, at kind of state level, uh, went to a few national championships when I came back. The the best that I got was a a fifth at, at in, in, this is senior championships so out of school so got fifth at the South African senior championships when I came back. Um, the uh, I, I I also had I made the state team for cross country a state senior team for cross country. Um, went to went to a few national championships for cross country uh, and I quite enjoyed that. I, I did I didn't I I love racing. I mean, racing's always been my thing, right? It's 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 just the just the lining up, and and I guess at the end, you know, when we get really sad and depressed after a couple of beers, we can talk about you know what I miss about competitive running. But it's the racing, it's the, the it's the adrenaline and the and the lining up, pinning a number and, on and uh, putting it on the wall. Oh yeah, and and then just you're absolutely right, and then just being skinny as, right. And and just 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 knowing you're in incredible shape. Not not the race itself. I don't miss necessarily the you know the the the, the thinking you're gonna die feeling. But but just the the, the standing there and, and and that. So anyway, get get back to your question. Your so so PB. So I did I did um, fifteen hundred. I bore down to a low three forty. Um, my 
we we did we did quite an interesting thing and this was my brother and i when when our kind of running careers overlap when i came back and he was at the end of his career he, he stopped running because of knee problems and, and had some serious knee issues and had some surgery and he gave up running so we we did we did a couple of these circuits in which we went to um did three races in south africa um a race being called the vernon barnes which is in port elizabeth did a mile there went to a place called Musselby, did a mile there and then ended up in 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 Pal, which is near cape town and did a mile on boxing day so these three mile races that we did and then and then you know got some money actually for running which paid for the holiday so we did that i ended up with a low um you know they, they tended to be these these kind of major events tended to be relatively tactical so i ended up I, not not a massive so my, my mile time was not it's not overly impre- i ran a 407 which is not no, no it's not impressive <laughs> no it's not no it's, i mean it's, if you if you can't run under four then it's not really in in so so it was it was not it was not a major time but, but so, so it's <laughs> anyway so i'm not I, I mean it's not super quick but but I, I was happy with that. You know, it was good enough to bring in the field at the back. So I, again, I considered myself a 400, 800 runner. Um, other, other PBs, my 10, um, which which I still I look back at it and I think that's probably one of my best 10. One of my best PBs is 32, um, 32 minutes for a 10k. I'm, and I'm very because it was in Pretoria at high altitude. I remember the race very well because um, you know I looked at my watch. It was before GP. I looked at my watch and I saw it was like a nine something i went out with the front guys and and then just thought this is fucking stupid this is what are you doing like this is just nine minutes for three k's right wow. and then hanged on for a three for 32 minutes so that's about a that's a 312 per k you know which was which is not bad at all so i was happy with that um anything longer than than um anything longer than 10 k's is when my time start dropping off so my pbs are are not significant anything beyond that a uh, half i did a 76 um half uh which which again that pb is is about 15 years old so it's not it's not, it's relatively recently um i did um you know it's only a couple of years back at um sydney morning herald half that i ran a 79 so i still could do 70s um until relatively recently um city to surf one of my favorite races just because to me it's just such i did a 51 at city to surf so that's um, i'm pretty happy with that with that time marathon 254 that's my pb in a marathon i've run under three hours uh, i've got a knack of running under three hours but just barely under three hours. Like I, I'd scrape in under three hours. I've done, I've done a few 259s. Um, my last one was in 2012 with tall Paul, um, did a 259 in Canberra. Um, so, so the, uh, yeah, yeah. That's so my PB two 254 in the marathon. So it's not, I mean, it's not slow, but it's not made, you know, it's only really when you get into the, like the Marty keys range, that's, a, that's a bit a bit sharp yeah so um when you came back and you'd done your mile circuit back in uh, south africa what made you uh decide to go and do longer stuff um like comrades i know you've done uh, quite a few comrades as well what what made you change from being an 800 runner 
um, to do 90 oh, kilometers. The, the, cha- the change was very easy. I stopped running. Right. I basically stopped running for 10 years. So I just gave it up completely. Um, I got, uh, I, was, I was pretty sick. Um, I got a really, really bad, uh, you know, stomach virus and was in the hospital for about, a, for about 10 days. And um, so I was very sick. And this was, this was at, at a time that I was running pretty well. When I recovered from that, um, it, 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 I basically had to rest for a couple of weeks and couldn't run at all. And it was hard coming back. And, and I went through that phase where you basically run big miles, hard running, where you go, well, what the fuck am I doing? What, what am I doing with my life, right? Am I, is this really what, what I want my life to be? And you start questioning and become very philosophical and in terms of, you know, is, is, this, is this, you know, what defies me? Am I, I'm a runner, right? And, and you go through a point of what, what's, what's the use of just running another? You, you become negative. So I, I gave it up. I gave up running. Um, I put on a lot of weight because, as, as you know, when you stop running because of injury or any other reason, you keep on eating like you're a runner. And then I put on a lot of weight. I, I went up to about, from so as I said, my racing weight was about 76, high 70s. I went to 110 kilograms and uh, became very unfit and, and just, you know, hated everything about running. But then... Then I, yet after about 10 years or so, I was in the army in, in South Africa as well. And, and kind of my life was just, you know, it's not as though I went in, there's no, you know, mega story there of going into a deep, dark place. It was just plain and simple, just gave up running. And then, and then I decided, well, you can't be, you can't be like that. You can't, you can't not have run, you know, your whole life up to that point and then just give it up. So I started running again. And then I think the break that I had for for about ten years was was probably the best thing I ever did because it did give me the opportunity of of kind of revitalizing my running and that's that's actually where my half marathon PB and the marathon PB comes from is from that second kind of phase. Yep. And as all runners in South Africa, you've got to do the comrades. The you know the running scene in South Africa is very much focused around ultra running specifically. They've just had recently last week or so they had the uh, um, two oceans down in South Africa, which is a 56 k's if I remember correctly, and then the comrades marathon. So so I did I did two of those uh, kind of mixed success about an eight eight twenty eight. I-20 was my first one, so it's 90 Ks. I-20, and then I did a, like an 840 or something like that. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but it, it, was, uh, it, it, it was really just, like I said, the second phase of getting back and, and running for a different reason, right? I mean, what, what was driving me as a, as a youngster was just kicking ass. That's all, all you wanted to do. You just you go out on the track, and you're just angry, and you just want to, you know, just basically kick everybody's ass and you didn't really appreciate running per se just for the sake and the love of running and it's in the second phase when i came back and it's like well you know what i really really enjoy running can i can i get you to um just backtrack to that first phase when you were kicking ass and obviously you've got that competitiveness that you know that makes you an elite runner what what were your aspirations at the time was um you know we talk about uh you know in australia commonwealth games olympics um the worlds what what were you um were you you know i i don't know but at the time when you were in the us when you when you were kicking ass was was there an opportunity there for you to rep uh represent 
um, South Africa? Tell me. The, the, no, there wasn't. And the reason was that during the 1980s, South Africa was under a boycott, right? Yeah. So there was no representation, which, uh, look, I've got to be totally honest. I, I, I don't think I was ever, I was certainly never, ever at the level that I would, you know, make a South African team to go to an Olympic Games. I was never that good. Uh, I mean, there you've got to, at that time, you've got to run a, you know, about a 245, 800, right? So it was a few seconds off that. I, d- I did have ambitions to to run professionally. I mean, that, that was at that time was was I thought, well, maybe I could do, maybe I could make a living out of it. But you you could you you had to run. I mean, I I, I think I was just below that level, and and I did make a did make a you'd make a little bit of money on some races here and there, and in the U.S. on the on the road circuit you you know you could swing in a a 33 or 34 10k and pick up a fifth place and make 50 bucks or something but it wasn't it wasn't going to sustain you, you need a sponsorship right and then it was just not good enough to get that so i'd, I'd hope to have made i guess looking back at it if i if i in south africa you know come back um you know because i'd made a made a national made the state team went to nationals got you know place at nationals that maybe i could have scraped in in a like a minor like an african championship team or something like that but certainly not commonwealth or olympics now it wasn't it was never that good but as everybody else you know i guess at that time you were very much just driven by championships right you know win a state title win a national title win you know be when a local fun runner was all about just winning stuff was, was there was there prize money for like you, you mentioned 50 bucks obviously we're talking 30 years ago now so it's probably worth a bit more than it is now um was there i know talking to Lloydie in the 80s and, and the 90s there was a lot more prize money in australia for fun runs was there prize money for sort of the the fun run sort of was there a lot of fun runs over there they they was but again you've got to remember that the competitive nature in south africa on the road was just massive right right i mean road running you've got to compete and also the thing is i mean you've got you've got a lot of runners in south africa at the time and even now that are you know much more desperate for prize money and and that that really made it very the, the competitive scene i mean if you could again you know, it's it's. If you look at the, you know, we spoke about the level under the professional level. If you if you show up at a race like I, you know, ran 32 as my PB. If you show up and you do a 32, that that the the difference between between running a 32 and a 33 would be about 20 or 30 places, wow. right? So so that that that's the thing. I mean, you can show up and you can think I'm going to make money in a race. If you pick the wrong race and you run a 32. You get 20th place, so it's 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 very hard, and and, and that's why I said if you, if you really do if you and I think the same thing goes today. If you do want to make make it as a professional athlete, you have to uh, you have to have sponsorship to be able uh, to run that. So, um, and I guess that that kind of in a sense was that, that that so that was my running. I mean, I I did in in South Africa. I did have some decent races and in, in that kind of like that second i don't know if we back on the second phase of running again um which kind of leads me back in into where we came to south africa uh, came to came to australia, australia. yeah 
What phase are you on now, mate? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, in, in, in life in general, mate, I'm on the philosophical phase, just, you know, kind of just looking back and understanding the meaning of life. <laughs> That's the best phase there is, to be honest. I guess I guess you've, you have had those distinct phases in your life, the, you know, the track, the sort of semi-pro sort of, you know, university, college. Then you've had the more... You've had your army time, then you've had your, um, I suppose, more for the enjoyment of running, and and I guess now in the uh, the enjoyment of life and the lifestyle. So running to you now obviously is very different from when you were kicking ass. You still enjoy getting out and competing, but you know it's for different reasons and for the lifestyle of it. Um, is that is that what you think? I mean, yeah, Danny. The it, it really is. It really is in, um, you know, in, in terms of the phase where I am now in my life, um, the motivation is completely different, right? You, you do go, obviously, obviously the, the PBs that I ran back then, I'm never going to see those again. And, and it does take a while. It takes, it takes a while of, you know, a few years to kind of understand that that's not going to happen again. But it doesn't mean... And, and everybody will go through that phase as they get older. It doesn't mean that running cannot be enjoyable. And in fact, it, it doesn't mean that you, you still can't run hard and, and still run some decent times. I oh, mean, it becomes enjoyable now. <laughs> it, it does, mate. And you do, like, I mean, if, if I look at some recent time, I mean, my, you know, the, the city to surf that I ran, um, you know, the 51 minutes, which is I, I, probably not a bad time and that that was a that, was, that wasn't too long ago i mean it was, it was in within the last 10 years um we ran i think you and i ran together at at ramsgate at um at the new south wales novice championships yeah. and that's a 10k cross country a couple of years back it's 37 minutes you know as a 45 year old so so still for cross country a 10 cross country is not bad so you can still run decent times um, but but you got to get it. You got to make peace with the fact that you're not going to run your best times, which is fine. So what 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 kind of motivates me at the moment is is you know it's different things. I mean obviously as you get older you you want to stay healthy. That's it's a big thing. You don't you don't. I've got as most of the avid listeners would know. I've got two small kids and I I want to be around when you know they they're very young. So I want to be around for for the next few years. So you want to stay healthy. But also you you do you do realize that running is part of your life that you know I'll, and I'll tell this story about about a uh, a guy that I've come to know very well over the last you know 10 or 15 years or so um it's a guy in the in lives in south beach in miami uh, a guy called robert croft um his nickname is the raven so if you if you google the raven and i've told you know i, I spoke about him many times on on runs that i've had with the bushies and and w- with the with the mask gang um this guy's run is a phenomenal guy he's run he's run uh, for 42 years in uh, south beach in miami from the same spot from the fifth street um lifeguard tower at at uh, South Beach in Miami and he's run for 42 years and he hasn't missed a day of running so he runs every afternoon at 5 o'clock and he runs 8 miles so 12 k's so I've run with him a number of times he he, my my name is mentioned in his autobiography in the back he's got a list of all the runners that's ever run with him so I've run with him a few times 
And it's interesting. I, 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 I kind of, you know, it's a long way of getting to your question. When, when I, when I saw him the last time, is in May last year when work took me to uh, Miami, and uh, I think it was the eighth time that I've run with him. And he calls me Zulu as well. He gives everybody a nickname. Yeah. So he, and he remembers the nickname. He, he, he remembered. He is he's legendary because he he remembers everybody that's ever run with him. Yeah. So people come from across the world, and he's never run alone in something like the last 35 years. It's always people that show up and do the selfies and stuff. And he remembers everybody. So last time I showed up, and this was when my knee was particularly, you know, going through a bad patch with the uh, with the arthritis, and kind of just had a diagnosis, and was very kind of sad that I would that this would possibly be the end of my running. So I showed up and thought I'd do the Raven Run, and uh, and 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 he he saw me coming, and he said, oh, "Are you limping, right?" And he and he goes, "Well," he's... and then when we had the run, I mean, he runs slow. He runs like two hours for 12k's, right? So it's it's really slow running. And he looks like shit, like death warmed up, but, but he does it and, and, he, and he runs and it's really, I mean, you can literally, we, we get passed by walkers, but you don't walk, you jog with him. So the little, little sh- slow shuffle. So I had a chat to him afterwards when everybody was gone and I kind of, you know, hanging around with him and we chatted for a bit and, and, and he asked me more about the injury and stuff. And I, and I said, well, you know, this is it. And, you know, I'm, and, and he, he, I remember very well, he said, well, you know, mate, you have to run. Like, you have to run. You've got no choice. Um, obviously, you know, he himself have to, he has to run. I mean, he can't lose his streak that he's had for 42 years. But he just said, you've been running for so long, you've got no choice. You have to run. And, and you know, you can interpret that in many ways. And you can say in a negative way, well, this is, you know, you've, if, if, this is, if this is the way you're going to view your life, what happens when running stops? But on the other hand, this is just, you know, what motivates me? Well, I have to run and have to in a positive way. I don't mean it in a, in a negative, well, you know, it's self-destructive. If I don't run, you know, I go off my head. But have to as in that's just who I am. And I enjoy running for the sake of just getting out there and running because I've done it for so many years. Yeah, that's, uh, I think most of us have a similar sort of feeling and a similar way of life i mean we're all mates and we all have that innate sort of motivation internal motivation to go out and actually do something be it running or ride your bike or you know whatever you're capable of at the time but i know there's definitely mental health benefits from from getting out and running either by yourself or with your mates you know and having the banter and the and the chat of of course it is mate because we you know i've I've myself have as as we all do we go through you know the up ups and down I, I won't bring the tone of the podcast down down to talk about that but but i mean we've we've all had some bad experiences in our lives and if you can think back of the times that you've kind of used the running opportunity to reflect on those bad times and and the and the point that i'm now in my life is is i certainly want to have a crack at another few races um just because i've got arthritis doesn't mean that i can't you know, maybe, you know, still run decent times, but, but, you know, we, we, you, you do think about the times that you, that you kind of relied on running to clear your mind, you know, you get back after a hard day. So what's your alternative, right? You're going to, you're going to go and sit on the couch and open up a couple of beers. I mean, you still do that after the run, Sure. but, but you don't want to get into that pattern of just saying, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to, just gonna sit there and drink or I'm gonna you know do this or play PlayStation or whatever go for a run 
Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that, right? That that's probably one of the best things that you can do. Clear your mind, brutal. right? Well, I think a, I think a lot of us because we're we're so competitive, and 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 you know myself and Danny are in our forties plus, and the majority of our um, you guys don't look forty plus. <laughs> Mate, you keep saying the right things. You're welcome back. Um, you know, our seven or eight listeners would be in their <laughs> would be in their their forties as well. And um, but I, I think because we're so competitive that if we're not running and if we can't go out there and and run four minute K pace uh, for for a five K, then it's not worth running. So I think like you're talking about the mindset and, and this Raven person, uh, the the mindset is well, well well let's consider what running is. Like oh, yeah. why why can't we walk a K and then yeah. run for five hundred meters and then walk a K and run for that's still a run, isn't it? Like it's what you determine. So even if you've got a bad hip, if you've got a, a bad ankle or whatever Absolutely. You, you can still go out for a run and spend an hour being active, and I mean that's got to be better than going for a bike ride and putting tights on. <laughs> oh, oh God, particularly that's, three quarter tights. Yeah. I mean. uh, well, three quarter. Well, can we have a separate podcast on three quarter tights because I think that that um, is a major fashion faux pas. The only the only people that could possibly wear three quarter tights um, are uh, if you're of European descent. I think that's true. And I just want to make a special mention to Hamo, and uh, I know you're listening, Hamo, and, you know, plenty of people that, that do like going out and riding bikes and wearing tight clothes and bright socks, and, you know, I, I was about to say I respect them, but I can't lie. Sorry, mate. Back to you. I, I have taken up cycling, so I'll come in defense of uh, riding. I've, I've been... Two weeks ago, ran uh, rode out with Danny and the gang, um, so I have been doing a bit of that. Um Getting back to the very serious point, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, if if you've you've seen me run recently, you'll know that it it looks awful. Like I look running. Yes, man, I was running. Particular thing when I run is nowadays there's no dogs near me. Because cause when I run, it looks like I'm picking up a, a stone every time when I'm because I limp so badly. It's... I, I assumed you'd been hit by a car yeah, and yeah, you were trying is. trying to locate yeah. a police station. So. It is as as I had somebody I had somebody said it looks like my wheel alignment is out, and that's so I do I do I mean for me, um, I I did, you know I did. Uh, Running kind of 4:30 a k is super fast. If if you look at my Strava recently, you'll see that I had to push my heart rate to like 186 to get Indeed. to 4 to yeah. 420 per k. That was, right? a, that was a great effort actually. And I mean, the fact that it's on Strava means that it counts. Yeah. Oh, look no at black ops, Oh no, there's you're putting it, it out there still. That's great. I mean, you talk about Strava. If it's not, if a run is not on Strava, it's a well-known fact that it didn't happen. Correct. Um. We've 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 um we've digressed a bit, but we've uh we've we've sort of we've got to the end. I wouldn't say we've got to the end, but we've got to a point where we're talking about not running as much. How um how do you balance um you know you're you you're at uh, I keep bringing up the elite level, which you're in denial about, but um. Yeah, and it would have been a party scene in 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 the U.S. But going from I, I assume apartheid to uh, over there, it would have been a party scene in the U.S. college um, scene. But without going into details 
too much. How did you balance the expectations of of running really good times with, um, you know, uh, socialising and growing up? It, it, no, you're right. I mean, back in the 80s, um, it, it was pretty much. I think you can only focus on a few things that you're lo- in your life at at one point, right? Um, and and if you if you don't if you're not working and you don't have a family. Um, you know, as in kids or, or married or partner, then, then then you can focus predominantly on your running. I did some studying, obviously I studied in the US and, and really in um, a lot of partying. That, that was that was part, you, you gotta remember also, if, you, if you're gonna be running 100 Ks a week, in, in which a majority of that would be hard running on the track, um, you, you, you got the weight pretty much down and you're young, then you can drink your body weight in beer every week and and you'd still come out all right on the other side i I actually would have thought the opposite i would have thought that because you're such a lightweight uh, (laughs) you know you'd 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 have five beers and and you'd be you'd be legless and that would affect your performance yeah no you get conditioned to drinking a lot so we did drink uh, those american keg beer parties and the and the frat houses and that oh yeah we had a lot of those so there was a lot of that going on but it was purely just it was just beer like you just drink and just the next morning you'd roll out of bed and hit four minute k's and you're good to go right (laughs) now if i've got if i had a couple of beers or you know a couple of red wines the next morning you feel like shit right death warmed up i mean i make my body now makes sounds when i wake up (laughs) that that, that is just horrible. I'm not talking about farting. I'm talking about, you know, creaking bones. And you I always, course. you know, you, you kind of limp and you've got everything is sore. Right. Just from having six beers, right? So just not to, to disappoint the listeners, because if, they're, <laughs> if they've got the same frame of mind, it, but we, we want to start uh, probing into those frat parties. But I'm not going to go yeah. there because... That, that's a whole different session not because we're better than that because we're not <laughs> that's that's our strength but we will go there and that's gonna we're gonna get you back you know maybe maybe in a few weeks and, and we're gonna specialize in in frat, in frat parties and party. in, in beer drinking and then performing the next day because i'm sure you've got so oh, many God. stories to share with us about uh not remembering much night before but performing very well anyway we we there was this one time in Tijuana. <laughs> which, there, was this, there was this one time. There was, yeah, and there was, uh, you know, no, no, I won't game. I, you know, I, I do believe that one day my kids will listen to this podcast, yeah. so I'll, I'll just uh, say no comment. I, well, that's what I warned you about prior. So um, you're, you're uh, on the on the uh, the beer and running. Uh, I know that you're a fan of the beer mile. Um, have you uh, done one, oh, mate? Um, that is now you're going to my favourite topic. Um, wasn't Ron Dixon that said I want to drink beer and train? Train like an animal and drink beer. It's all I want to do. Um, I, like I said, now since I'm old now, I can't drink that much. But um, the beer, the beer mile is an interesting thing. I followed that uh, for a number of years. Uh, we had a we had a beer mile at um, down south in Ferule uh, a couple of years back. Uh, the first annual Bushy Beer Mile, uh, won by Tall Paul. Uh, I came in second. Um, it was uh, it was a phenomenal race. Now I I do I do um, have for many years uh, since we had that first beer mile suggested it on a number of occasions. And people are scared. People are scared. Pe- look, people are scared. I I do think 
that that potentially if the right incentive was there so um you know if you have potentially um you know like a let's say a, a mars norg oh. mars v norg wow, beer it. mile oh. um you know potentially potentially you know the picking the 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 top five or six from each of the nice. each of the I, I feel like this is some like a family some italian family feud <laughs> that i've stepped in in the middle of because i've never run with with Nork, I don't think I ever will because on the on the very strict scale of 15 points, just because I view myself as an asshole, I probably won't make that. Because sure isn't that, that isn't that the criteria? You've got to you've got to add up if you can enlighten me. I'll jump in right there, mate. You, you've got to start at any time, and you, you're welcome to come along. And uh, you. you certainly don't have any asshole points. But the fact that you <laughs> like a beer and, and you're a fucking champion runner. I think, uh, you're, uh, I think you get out of the line. I'm not sure. The, the problem, I think, is that there's uh, only like a, a 0.02% uh, percent increase in the number every year, I think. Yeah, but that's, you could, that's what I heard. The fact that you live in Heathcote could, uh, oh, okay. could count yeah. positively, yeah. I think. Yeah. We, we could do something similar to your uh, career and do a scholarship. <laughs> We, we 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 could do we could we could we could work up a scholarship program for you. Fund fund a, a talented African runner. Um, <laughs> look, the, I yeah. So I think I think to get back to Danny's point, yeah, the beer mile the beer mile is a fantastic event. I mean, these guys run sub. I mean, the top elite runners run sub five minutes for for sculling. We we had a we had an interesting race in South Africa, which which we did for a number of years. It started at the when when the Barcelona Olympics was on and it was called the Barcelona, <laughs> and this was a race that was uh, we had a team the team was made up of six runners, and uh, it worked in ten minute ten minute segments so you had six by ten minutes so it lasted for an hour, and every ten minutes a gun was fired, and in that ten minutes you you had to run a k, and drink a beer and it's up to you you'd run a loop and it's up to you how quick you run your K. If you do it in three minutes, you got seven minutes left for your beer. And uh, the first five in each of the individual 10 minutes counted points. So we were in teams of six and the last one is double points. So we did, you know, we did this. So we we have strategy of, you know, you go out hard on K number one and K number five. So, so we won it three years in a row, the, the team that I was on. And, I mean, when, when you went out hard, you did about three-minute K. Yeah, well. And, uh, and, and puking was allowed. It was, in, in fact, encouraged. And, uh, and then everybody just went hard. And, and this one, one at, at Biasalona, we my, my brother got extra bonus points. He didn't, he didn't go hard in any of the individual ones, so we kept him back. He finished every time he came, but he drank two beers on every 10 minutes and got bonus points for that. And that was our secret strategy. So he ended up, you know, drinking, drinking half a case of beer. And, yeah, he was committed. And, yeah, committed. So, so two beers and a K in 10 minutes wow. times six. Um, so that, that was a particular. So, you know, there's so many formats in which we can think of a Norg v. Mars showdown. One, one thing that you mentioned when you, start, when you started talking about the Mu Mile, and, and thanks for bringing that up, um, right. um, was that the annual Bushies... Now, was it a one-off? Was it was did it? Danny might know more. Was it did it happen for a couple of years? Because I, I remember when it was done, and then I remember you talking about let's do it again. 
but you know, shouldn't we try harder to, I, to make an annual? I, I think the I think the issue was that, um, or the issue is that there's too many serious runners that are still in their prime of running, and there's mm. not enough people like myself that is basically just running for the love of it. Yeah, true. And yeah, you, uh, you, so, so, exactly. I mean, my yeah, exactly. So my you know six minute K is 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 you know actually laughed upon now the the um so every time when i bring it up um and i don't i don't do like impersonations or voices but you know if you can picture you know like a swiss accent at this point um would go oh no i'm training for you know fucking xyz race and i'm i'm you know i've I've got my three-quarter tights on, so don't bug me. I'm, I'm, I'm racing. I'm racing this weekend. I can't be, and I hate and he's beer. Not the only one, mate. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. There's quite a few of them. I, I can name names, but you know, I, I don't want to be spat on when I run the bushes again. So, so yeah, it's, it's it, every time when I've mentioned it, it's basically, you know, there's some, some other race, and we, we talk about six foot. Can we do a six foot track? segment yeah. one day and you know i can be a guest speaker to tell everybody about how shit that race is because i've done a <laughs> few i've, 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 I've done, done a few it, six foot tracks and, and every single time i'm never doing it again oh, mate. oh and behold who's standing who's standing on the start my, I, the next year? I've, I've run three i've done six foot track three times and my my times have become progressively worse tell us your times because um you, you know like i said our seven or eight listeners the majority of them have done six foot so. no no my first one i ran was my best time and i and i've got I, I, it's a it's a 230 something i think a 230 40, 40. Uh, sorry for oh god i'm thinking marathon it's a 432 or 35 or something around those lines so i've got to look there so 430 something which is good which is a good time no it's not bad it's not bad at all um i did cramp a lot i i, I did think going up that stupid what's that pluviometer thing yeah. was just i i, I mean I, I don't like i don't like tr- i don't like long trail races i i think they and i i do appreciate the fact that it's a beautiful race it's mm-hmm. a really nice race i had a this this morning at a chat with judge at, uh, next to our kids play soccer together I had a chat with him and we were talking about the, the fact that the, these long trail races are great I mean I did this afternoon I went out um, with my girlfriend and we had a we had a walk on the coastal track from Guatemala to, to Little Mali and it's beautiful it's beautiful out there and I do appreciate these, these I mean Coastal Classic is one of the best races you can do yeah, and, I, and I do appreciate it but I just I'm just horrible at it um, I prefer, you know, kind of shorter stuff. In, in fact, the, the the race that we all did together a few years back, which is, I think, one of my favorites, is is down at Bright, is the Four Peaks. Yeah. Because you get enough effort in, in, in every day. I mean, you and I did the last day together. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That yeah. makes me feel special, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was because I was hungover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you were looking like shit. <laughs> yeah. And I was just running like shit. So we did the last day together, and that, it's, that's a great race. That is a phenomenal race. Yeah. We got, we got. Uh, uh, there's a story to be told about what happened, and you can ask Michelle what happened at the top of uh, what's it when, when it was snowing. At the top. At the top of Feather Top, and and you know whenever the listeners 
um, yeah, ever come across Michelle, just ask him what happened between me and him at the top of Feather Top. Um, it's something not to be told in a podcast, but it's quite an interesting and funny story. You're just gonna leave that. Open. I'm, I'm gonna leave that open, mate, and they can ask. Uh, you know what? What? Uh, it's not. It's not something I'm proud of. It's something like a Swiss and a South African. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I'm proud of, but it was. It was. It was. I mean, it was a special. Okay, we'll always have the top of Mount Feather Top. So I haven't been back to Bright since we were down there two years ago. Yeah. I didn't go last year. Did, yeah, did no, I, did, I didn't go either. It was just that last run that you and I did that was so special Yeah, that was. I really couldn't go back again. <laughs> yeah, and I'll go back at the photos and remember it. But um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. I can still remember it without photos, but yeah. it goes to show. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've booked to uh, go back down this year. Yeah, I'm and, working. Yeah. I'm overseas then, sorry. Okay. Oh, you were going to invite me? Not anymore. Okay. Yeah. You're out. Thanks. <laughs> Great race. We're making good progress here. Um, the the we, we've got a few beer options, and, and when you came in, you said, "I oh, will. I'll tr- I'll try a stone and wood for the first time." And you, you mentioned that Fifty Lashes is one of your your favourite beers, which we've we've got here. What um, Zulu? What do you think of the uh, stone and wood when you had it? Yeah, mate. It, 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 I must say that it certainly counts as my definitely in the in the top top beer that I've that I've had. Certainly the top, you know, probably hundred beers that I've ever had. <laughs> this <laughs> so, week. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, we did have to stop. You know, for the listeners, we did have to stop the recording three times for me to go and vomit. But no, <laughs> no, no, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Look, it's it's really, really good. I I quite enjoyed it. I'm a, I'm a James Squire myself. I like the Golden Nail. Um, as Danny knows, I've I've dabbed a bit in the home brewing. Nice. Um, we've we've done a bit of home brewing. Um, you know, swapsies. we appreciate. We've done some swapsies on the home brewing. I quite enjoy it. Um, so so. D- Danny's had my beer, so he knows my, my, the bar's very low. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. I remember. It. Yeah. Bad. Mate, one of, the, um, one of the topics that I wanted to mention, we haven't spoken much about you coming out to Australia, but it sounded like not long after you came out to Australia, you, not only did you meet the Bushies and you, that, that nickname from Billy Z- of Zulu is stuck, but also um, you would have started running down the track with Lloydie. Yeah, I, I did. Um, so Lloyd, I mean Lloydie's Lloydie's just a legend. I mean everybody, you can't, you can't. I mean if if anybody, if if you don't know Lloydie and I've spoken about him many times to mates overseas, you just say, well, have a look at these Commonwealth Games because that 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 victory in the five thousand is probably the best, uh, probably the best finish ever in a race. I mean that's that's undoubtable and undoubtedly in my mind the the best race. So yeah, we we started training with uh, with Lloydie. Um, had a crack at the Gold Coast Marathon, um, you know, uh, wasn't in really good shape, but had a decent Gold Coast Marathon when we trained with him. We, we, a, a, a specific a story about Lloydie, which, which I do want to recall, which, which is, goes to show, I mean, Lloydie, we, we had a three-way bet between myself and, and Lloydie and, a, and another mate of ours, Robin Wilkinson, who's done a few 6C. 6C's. Nickname is 6C because he used to live at number 6C in an apartment. And so they, therefore so the nickname. nickname That's is Yeah. <laughs> so so we had this bet who would, you know, the person that come last between the three of us in the city to surf in one particular year 
would have to wear a tiara at the um, at at the uh, uh, surf club right afterwards when we had beers. And uh, and and I remember Robin and I had run together down at Lady Carrington um, about two months or so before. Um, before the race, before City to Surf, and we we ran with Lloyd. Well, all three of us ran together, and we dropped Lloydie after about five k's, and there was a genuine drop. It was not like oh, I'm faking. I'm really tired. He was he was truly fucked, and uh, and and we were like high fiving each other and going, this is this is in the bag. The the end result was from Lloydie being in completely out of shape, horrible condition. Two months out, I ran a 51, my PB. Robin, you know, faded to about a 55, and Roy, Lloydy ran a 49, wow. yeah. and and he was in horrible shape leading into it. So that that speaks to the the talent that is Andrew Lloyd to just in a couple of weeks bring it up to a 49. Um, so yeah, he's a phenomenal runner and a great guy overall. He likes a beer, and he's someone um, I've spoken to Danny before. He's someone that we'd like to uh, get in for a chat, and um, sure. And uh, yeah, he's he's you know he's a local, he's a good bloke, and you know, and like you said, that five thousand k Commonwealth Games, got, oh, yeah. like that's you know you could you could have that on repeat and watch it yeah. daily. It's oh, it is. It is a good motivator. There'd be a few good stories uh, <clears throat> about six foot with Lottie and uh, six foot, and uh, <laughs> and also Mount Wilson to Bilpin. I know I've been been there and witnessed some of the shenanigans. It's amazing that you know that anyone could get up and and run at all oh, after yeah. uh, some of the nights out prior to the race it's yeah. fantastic and that was you know obviously this is sort of nowish times not not in the, in the early days but yeah fantastic guy so zulu tell us tell us what you're doing now where 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 are you going to be in five years and I'll, if i can double the double the question up as well um for our mature listeners that are uh, that are, that are in their that are in their 40s one some of the, w- I, I think <laughs> twilight yeah, I, I think i think one of the lessons that i've that i've taken from this is run till you spew or shit yourself <laughs> and if you don't you're not trying hard enough do more miles but for us that are um, sort of just trying to manage reasonable running, what, what's some advice that you can pass on to us? Well, the, the geez, <laughs> have we got another hour? The the look, the uh, it was a it was a bit of an eye opener for me. 2009, um, I was living in the U.S. for a few years, so that's kind of a phase <laughs> phase four of my life. When we lived in the U.S., my youngest son. Um, Ryan was born in the U.S. Uh, when we lived there, and I and I trained. I, I got into this program, the the first, the Furman, something like the Furman Institute of Running, you know, first program. Anyway, these guys in the U.S. had basically say, you you should you can you can run a decent marathon of three days of running a week. The rest would be hard cross training, so you train every day, but three days of hard running. But when you run, you don't you don't fuck around, right? You just you go hard. So you do. You do, you know, your tempo runs. You do, you do a tempo run, a track session, and a long run. So, so I came to realize that you can, if you train clever, you can actually run decent times. I came, I did New York in two fifty nine forty two, 
So oh, I just broke three that. hours using oh, that program. Yeah, yeah. Three days of running. I did no more than 50 k's of running. The long runs were like 28, 30 k's at race pace, but it was hard running. I mean, you'd, you'd sit there in the office that day thinking, what the fuck did I just do this morning, right? You did a 40 minute 10 k, right? That was, that's hard running for like a Tuesday morning. That was your tempo. So you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. And flog yourself yeah, no, you, you run hard. You do a track yeah. session and then you do a long run. Yeah, tr- yeah, and then you do the long run. And that's it. And the rest would be cross training. But so, so to get back to your question, look, what, what I've what I've come to realize, my, my current kind of mission in terms of, and I, and I won't, you know, I, won't, it'll, I can go and do this for hours because I do feel, you know, like I'm onto something. Is is I've come to realize that if you're older, you've got to pay more attention to the non-running aspects of your life. I, I don't think this is an epitome or anything that. You, you you know you'll just hear from me it's it's a well-known fact you've got to pay attention the the non-running aspect specifically for me at this point is dropping weight um my coach at university had said that what you if you want to run well you got to look like jesus on the cross you got to be really really skinny right is this the same guy that said run to this yeah exactly yeah. exactly so right. the, the fluids leaving your body we so, can sort of see there's a bit of a uh, yeah. pattern developing yeah so here. so so that's how skinny you you got to be now i'm I've, I've now i've been on this mission so a long story to get to your question where where do i see well my, my plan at the so I've lost 11 kilos in the last couple of months. Um, thanks for complimenting me on that. Um, you know, when you see me, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Um, and the limp with that, it makes for a pretty, pretty, all I need now is to grow like a mustache and the yeah. kids would be running away from yeah. me. So, um, so I've, I've dropped, I've dropped a lot of weight. So my plan is I, I, I love, you know, I, the, the fact that I can still challenge myself. And I do believe that despite I'm, the fact that I'm broken, if I drop enough weight and I, and I throw in a little bit of natural ability that I can run to qualify for Boston Marathon. So I, I, don't, I don't want people, you know, six months from now, go back and say, in the podcast, you said <laughs> that you're going to run, qualify for goals. Boston. And you it didn't. Yeah, well, you got to have goals and, and right. you got to publicly say, this is what I And if I don't get to it, then that's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm just, so I want to run Brisbane Marathon later in the year and, and do it. I've got to run at like a 3.30, sub 3.30 marathon, which is, which is not, I think if I, you know, if I do end up looking like Jesus on the cross, then then I can run that and just strip down the way. Ten more kilos and I'm good to go. Um, so where do I see myself in five years? Uh, probably still aiming for another marathon, even though, you know, if I do get to Boston, it'll be my last. But then I'll want to do another one after that. Always be running, mate. You don't have a I've got no choice. I've got to run. Well, as as the Raven says, you know, you're a runner. You've got to keep running. Yeah. What? One important point that you've mentioned that you've dropped 11 kilos, and um, this is uh, this is nice. So can you um, can you tell people how you've lost that weight? Um, I've basically gone on a um, and it's called different things a keto genetic keto diet, um, which is a uh, high fat low carb. Diet. I, I don't like the word diet because it implies that you're kind of starving yourself. Fun, yeah. um, it's it's basically what I've done is just cut out all the shit. Um, that's why I'm going light on the beers. Um, but I've I've, cut, I've tried to cut out virtually all carbs. I'm doing lots of fat, healthy fats like avocados and you know all those goodies and nuts and stuff. Keeps you full for longer. Um, doesn't you know stop the craving. 
uh, luckily, you know, you can you, you do realize a benefit after a while. So I've just, you know, dropped a lot of weight based on that. And and, and, and I've come to realize that you can't. Problem is, if you if you're if you overweight and injured, you've got to lose the weight before the injury can improve. Like if you talk about an arthritis injury, you've got to drop the weight to lose to 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 improve. Right. What's that statistics about losing? You, yeah, I did a lot of research on this and on the arthritis. If you for every five kilos you lose, the pain in your knee or 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 wherever you've got the in the, in your limb, you've got the uh, on your ankle, every five kilos you lose, the pain, and this is in a, in a study done in Australia, a, a, an academic research study, you'll reduce your pain by 50%. Wow. Now, given it, I mean, if, you, if you're weighing 400 kilos and you drop five kilos, that's not going to help, right? But if you're, if you're, you know, like myself, touching on 100, which is too, it's too, it's too much for running. You can't be running if you're 100 kilograms. It's too much. doesn't matter how tall you are. So I've, you know, I've got down into the 80s now, and I need to get back into wow. into the high 70s, and then Work. then I'll be running okay again. It just in terms of, because remember, I mean, arthritis, there's no cure for it, mm-hmm. so my knee's permanently fucked. But what I've got to do is I've got to manage the pain and the manage the inflammation. Yep. That's that's the big thing, and and the way to do it is drop the weight. So get back to your question, Manny. You know, what can you do? What can an older runner do? Drop the weight. Uh, Get on the bike, do a bit more riding, right? Get in the mammal lycra, nice. uh, do a bit of that. Stretch, sleep. You know, there's a, there's a couple of things that you can do. And, and those marginal non-running stuff will be, you, you can't flog yourself. You can't, I can't go out running until I puke. It, it just, you know, my body will break. Can't do that anymore. So I've, I've had That's too many years of running. Uh, yeah, I've had too many years of running. I mean, so, I can. So do the cardio that your body can manage without yeah, the stress. Exactly. Do do the cardio. Recover well. Do cross training sessions in between. And I'm talking about people that are 50 years old like me, yeah. right? I mean, another thing also is if you only started running when you were 40. When you run, when you're 50, you, you're almost like in a young person's body. You can still do that thing. So you can still train hard. I can't. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've just had too many years of running. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to do those other marginal, you know, things around the edge of running that'll contribute to it. Cut back on the beers, you know, get a good night's sleep, be a good person, you know, all those wonderful things in life. Be kind to people. It's got nothing to do with Stop running, it. but you're boring. Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> you're boring me. Runners are in general good people. I mean, you know, yeah. Mate, that that seems like a really good note to finish up. I um, I really appreciate you coming in and and giving us your time. And uh, look, I know the listeners will take a lot away from this. And um, you 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 know you've provide you've told us your story. You've given us some really good advice. And um, mate, this is this has been this has been a really good good hour of of our time. Danny, if do you want to add anything? Yeah, thanks a lot, Zulu. Um, it's been uh, yeah. We've had a, a great friendship over the years, and um, yeah, be continued, continued for many more to come over a, uh, a beer and a run. Great stuff. Thank you very much for inviting me and for the uh, cold lagers, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, squaring up in the you know if I do get invited in the uh, Mars v Norg um, showdown. I think you'll be. I think with your heritage, you'll be uh, a definite starter, mate. Thank you, gentlemen. Awesome. Thanks, guys.